0: It's the Sunday Showcase on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama
1: is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. How
2: do I... I'll oh, skip ahead a bit. No, I can't skip ahead. All, All right, everybody. Into the time machine.
3: Hey, Wait No, 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 no. You don't understand how radio works. All I have to do to return this is fade
1: my voice out like this and cue the organist. And you see, here we are. Wait a
2: minute. 63 Audio presents the Old Time Radio Essentials
0: Podcast. Greetings all who gather here and welcome back to Season 3 of Old Time Radio Essentials. If this is your first time joining us, and even if it ain't, I must inform you that this is episode 34, also known as our seventh episode of 2022,
4: a.k.a. the ninth ep of season three.
0: My name is Pete. And this
4: is Paul. And I'm Dave. And you know, folks, we spend most of our time right here gathering what we like to call old-time radio's most important entertainment leather, you know, cutting it into yolks with a skiving knife, uh, fitting them into a sole with the most topical welt construction, setting the stays into the heel, and then adding a burnished patina, all on a curved last to present to you the bespoke Berluti shoe that is our rotational pick for this program.
0: But sometimes, just sometimes, folks, we wake up near a tire fire outside of town, break into a minivan, cut up the seat cushions, strap them to our feet using the barbed wire we stole off an abandoned prison fence (laughs) to make the janky hobo clog of entertainment that is our selection.
1: But not every time, that's for sure. Thank God. And so we come to you, (laughs) our listeners, to present specific episodes of certain old-time radio series They might be episodes that stand out as particularly representative of those series, or they might be one of those quotable episodes that fans of old-time radio like to discuss, either in person or on social
4: media. As you may have derived from these earlier comments, uh, to put it succinctly, we all take turns choosing a show for discussion. Uh, last episode was my pick, uh, and that was an episode of Dimension X entitled "Time and Time Again." In case you missed it, and as we like to say, do we? Do we? Do we like to say this? Yeah, I, sure. I, I don't. I, I don't know. I, I, I just. I just read what's put in front of me. As we like to say, if the shoe fits, wear it. So Paul, uh, put on that janky hobo clog. And tell us, what do you have for us today, fella?
1: Well, today, my recidivist reprobates, we explore the dark world of bright lights. We uncover the muddy side of the Great White Way. We present one man's experience in big city law enforcement with an episode of Broadway Is My Beat, entitled The Lars Nielsen Murder Case. Originally broadcast on CBS September 29th, 1951. 71 years ago this month. Well, happy
0: anniversary. (laughs) Broadway Is My Beat ran for a little more than five years between 1949 and 1954. Originating first out of New York and then moving to Hollywood a few months later. The series was directed and produced by Elliot Lewis, a name you've no doubt heard on this show before, and starred Larry Thor as NYPD detective Danny Clover, who also served as first-person narrator for each episode.
4: The series was written by Morton S. Fine and David Friedkin, who created Detective Clover as a hardened New York cop who worked homicide from Times Square to Columbus Circle, the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. So now, without further delay, we present the Lars Nielsen murder case and Broadway is my beat. And now,
0: friends... Adjust your radio dials to the proper frequency. Get comfortable and listen.
2: Broadway's My Beat, from Times Square to Columbus Circle, the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway's My Beat, with Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. It happens faster on Broadway now, the coming of the night, and the time clock people go home to dinner in shadows. And far away from a time still yet to come, a wind drifts softly. It touches a cheek and quickens a step finds a doorway and waits there, and its voice is a sigh of regret. The sounds of the river seem closer, and the neon blinks coldly. It's getting dark. And at police headquarters, those who had drifted in at six o'clock, those downstairs who were making complaints, those upstairs complained against, and the two in my office just because they have been sent there.
5: Personally, I think it's a
2: lot of nonsense. Nobody asked you, Vic. Nobody turned to you and asked for an opinion.
5: I didn't. The fact remains, Miss Morgan... The fact remains that ten minutes ago, I got a permit to carry a gun. And your permit giver told me I ought to stop and talk to you. That's the
2: fact. I suppose now you've gotten the permit, you're going out and buy a gun.
5: As soon as I leave here...
2: Polly, you need a gun like I need a hold... So many things
5: you need, Vic. Manners. I let you escort me, darling. Don't louse it up with dialogue.
2: Uh, that's the way it goes, Clover. Now tell me why you need that gun this morning. Again? I told the permit giver. Tell me. Men. She's got to defend herself. Shut up, Vic. Be an agent for Polly Morgan and you get shut up, Vic. Maybe you'd better tell me, Vic. Uh, Polly Morgan, her, big singer of sad ballads. A man's been calling her up threatening. The way
5: all of you men threaten whether you say it out loud or
2: not. Yeah, Polly, the way we all do. Also, she says the man's following her.
5: You saw him. You saw him as well as I did.
2: Yeah, I saw him, Polly. Did you, Vic? I saw a guy running on the street this morning. Polly said that's the man.
5: He was. And when I went back to my apartment later, he called. He told me that was him who touched me in the crowd. He said he'd be there tonight. He's going to be where? Where I'm singing. The 13 Club. He said he'd be at the ringside tonight.
2: Okay, I'll be there.
5: If you want to. Come on, Vic.
2: Come on, come on. And the room suddenly empty of her, and of the man whose gesture of farewell was a shrug, half begun, not finished. And the autumn darkness has brought you a variety of things the rustle of silk, perfumed only with the night wind. The scornful voice of a woman who walks close on the scalpel edge of a private terror. The permit for death held close to her. The grudging invitation to come, prevent it if you can. And fill in against the time of going with routine the gathering, the sorting, the parceling out of the day's violence. Then the glance at the wall clock and the realization that you could be late. <laughs> The canopied entrance of the 13 Club, find Dick gnawing on the remains of a fingernail paused long enough to tell you, Polly's on, Danny. I got a table ringside side all field for me. And be ushered through the decor of bare shoulders and neckties bright with the signature of compasses. And through tears swept into very dry martinis because Polly's song was nostalgia with a cover charge. And listen as Polly sang, her body leaning against the wall of remembered pain. paying to draw down extra amount of dollars per week. And X, it runs into four figures. Oh, she's good. Yeah. Hard to believe, huh? Hard to believe how she can sing with so much feeling. Some girls from here and here from nowhere. Holly thinks from here. In the heart. Difficult to figure, huh? It can't happen. Yeah. Oh, I'm not be mind you. It pays me well this artificial official. she sets the beating in public places. She said the man who's been annoying her would be here at ringside. you see him anywhere, Victor? How would I know him if I saw him? A man running away from something in the street. That's an annoyance. I get the urge myself sometimes. You know any of these men around us? Yeah, that one there with the two blondes and the male attendant. That's Joey Crane, hmm? His last wife made a settlement on him. A native village in Mallorca or someplace. He needs poly like a... Hey, uh, that one over there who looks like scientist. Uh-huh. The scientist. With a scientist? Uh huh. A scientist. When things are dull around here, I go over to him and discuss what's new in nuclear fission. And there's always something new. Polly interests him in terms of how soon she's going to explode. You think him? A cultured scientist? The one alone, against the wall. Uh, oh, him? <laughs> Daddy, I'm surprised at you. Do not be taken in by the rough and tumble tree bugger. Hey, that's Polly. I heard her scream before. Where is she? Sounds like from the dressing room, Danny. You think maybe... You to some... take me to her, Vic? Yeah, sure, sure. Come on. In here, Danny. Polly, take it easy. It's going to be all right. Get your hands off of me. Where'd he go, Miss Morgan? I, I have the gun. I have killed him. Where'd he go, Miss Morgan? Hey, this window, Danny, looks like through here. We'd have seen him in the hall if he could. He must have got in while Polly was on. What's the matter, Danny? Well, why do you look like that on me? What's your budget for publicity, Vic? Oh, Danny. Danny, what kind of talk is that at a time? That's when Polly...
5: what it is to you, Mr. Clover. A man hides in here, waits for me tears at me and you... You can
2: identify, Miss Morgan? Yes, yes, yes. Get her coat, Vic. We have a file at headquarters. I want Miss Morgan to come down. You heard
5: him, Vic. Get my coat. No.
2: Oh. And no. All right. Here's some more pictures. Maybe his picture will be in this stack. I'm getting really bored, Mr. Clover. That's tough. You finally saw the man up close, didn't you? This is the way we operate. Bring you down to headquarters, let you look through pictures. Hope that you'll identify someone in the gallery. The man. Who... All right,
5: all right, all right. Only why don't you go sit on the other side of the table? Go ahead, go ahead, over
2: there. Look, Miss Morgan, I've got a thing to tell you.
5: You're going to do it very badly. I've heard it from poets.
2: You're a name on a police file. It means a job I've got to do. Outside of that, you don't mean a thing in the world. It really eats you, doesn't it? Look at the pictures. It really does. All right, now look at the pictures. Oh, hi, Margovin. Danny? Hello, Miss Marty. You Better stand over there, Margovin, on the other side of the table. What? Oh, uh, forget it. What have you got?
6: Oh, this, uh, from the description Miss Morgan gave the artist and technical. Here's a sketch. I'll show it
5: to her.
3: Would you mind taking a look at this, Miss Morgan?
5: Mm. This is him, all right? You're sure? Almost exactly.
2: Nose a little straighter, eyes a little further apart. Thanks, Miss Morgan. I'll take you back to your apartment. Police procedure two, Mr. Clover? Stop at a desk on the way out. Issue orders for the printing and distribution of the likeness of a man who, in Polly Morgan, had found the sum and reason of his loneliness. A man who had touched her in a crowd, waited for her in a darkened room, clawed at her because she screamed at his despair. And take the woman home in silence. And from there, go to the silent furnished room, draw down the bed covers, try for this night to sleep it away. the morning at headquarters, be told there was someone waiting for you in your office. Find him there, peeking at things, furtively trying to rearrange them on your desk because you walked in on him at a bad time.
3: Oh, I, uh, I, uh, they said you'd be a while coming. It seems uh, no one expected you so soon. Did you find what you were looking for? I wasn't looking for anything. It's a, it's a sort of a habit, fingering what's not mine to, that's right, habit. I'm ashamed.
2: Honestly. I said you wanted to see me. Why?
3: Uh, that man, that man you police are looking for. Well, I had no sooner finished packing up his picture in my office. Well, it came to me like that. It did? Oh, yes, why, that fellow's a guest in my hotel. I own a hotel, King Prouty And he's a guest at my hotel. Who? This man you want, Lars Nielsen, a salesman out of Black River Falls, Wisconsin, always comes to my hotel when he's in it's our city, likes it because it's clean and quiet. Uh, just old people, really. Take me to him, Mr. Brody. Oh, gladly. But uh, he's not there. I rushed up to his room to tell him you people wanted him for something, and he wasn't there. I just don't know where he might be. He, he, uh, he's a fellow who's always bragging about what he calls dingy contact. He... Danny Clover speaking. I saw him from the window, Mr. Clover. He's
5: on his way up here. What do I
3: do. What? You're alone, Miss Morgan? Yes, please.
5: Hurry, please. <gasps>
3: out of my head. Yeah. It's... I can't, can't unclench my
2: face. Take
3: the gun away, please.
2: Okay, okay, I got it. What happened? What?
3: there. him. Huh? I shot him.
2: business, Morgan. She's dead. Uh-huh. You are listening to Broadway's My Beat, written by Morton Fine and David Bridgen and starring Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. December dies, and Broadway mourns its passing without tears. Its days were ripped from the calendars, tossed into choked wastebaskets, carted away to public dumps. So what's to weep? For the gone days, the used-up days, the scribbled-on days. About face, kid. October waits for you with a promise in each and every nightfall. Blank, empty, panting to be filled in. Don't turn your back. Walk into it. Lead with your heart. There's neon to keep you warm. There's spectaculars to light your way. You'll hardly hear the sobbing because the winds are high on winter's eve. Walk into it, kid. It's time for another dream. But where I was, September lingered to give something to remember it by. The man lying in death, his blood etching out a new pattern on the monotone of the rug. And watching the delicacy of its flowing design, the woman who had waited on his dying, the woman who had killed him.
5: You sure? Are you sure he's dead? Yes. I didn't want it that way. I only wanted... What, Miss Morgan? To frighten him. In spite of what I told you before, all I wanted was to scare him away.
2: So he wouldn't touch me like that. Look at me like that. That's why you got the permit for the gun, only to frighten him away?
5: I want him out of my sight. I want him taken out of here, Do you understand? We'll take care
2: of it. There have been other cases like yours, Miss Morgan cases where the woman didn't find it necessary to kill.
5: I'm not like those women. I'm different. You've looked at me long. You've heard me sing. You know I'm different.
2: Yes, you were killed.
5: You think I could have stopped him with sweet talk? I'm just strong with my lips against his cheek. Is that what they did? Those other women you told me about? That's how they stopped could it? could have locked your door. It was locked. But he got in. After his. In, I opened it and asked him, please go. I remember
2: I said, please. How did he get in?
5: He stood beating on my door and beating and beating and beating. I screamed and then finally he went away. But he came back. Through the kitchen window. I heard the crash of glass. He must have come up by the fire escape. Broken the window. Show me. Show Here.
2: Here he crowded you into the other room where you killed him. I asked him into that room.
5: I said it would be nicer there. We could talk. Gave me time to get the gun. When he saw it, he laughed. He was laughing when... You want me to go somewhere with you? Whatever has to be done, huh? Yeah. Sure you will, Miss Mark.
3: Good afternoon, Danny. Oh, thank you,
2: Gino, and same to you.
3: Likewise, I'm sure. Ah,
2: <sighs> Danny, what's the matter with you? Busy, busy, busy. Oh, I won't keep it, Gino, you, Gino. It's
3: all right, it's all right.
2: What's on your mind?
3: I will relate to you the tale of Sergeant Gino Tattaglia and his trials of the last six hours. The interim between the time you found Mister Lars Nielsen shot to death and an the now. If anybody was a right arm to anybody. I am to the police department. Oh, that goes without saying, know. Agenda to wit. Upon the arrival of Mr. Nielsen in our morgue... You sure his name is Nielsen? You're fighting me, Danny. Oh, sorry. Accepted. <clears throat> upon his arrival at our morgue, I had in Mr. Prouty, the hotel man, who did indeed identify him as his late departed guest named Lars Nielsen. Go on. And since Mr. Nielsen had been a denizen of Black River Falls, Wisconsin... You phoned the chief of police there. Indeed, I did. And a fine fellow he is, too. Come on, Gino. I related him the events concerning Mr. Nielsen and Miss Polly Morgan. Then I asked him a little something about Mr. Nielsen. Guess what he said. Must I, Gino? His fancy suits. However, he asked me which Lars Nielsen I was talking about since his records revealed two such having resided in Black River Falls. And? And I told him to give me info on both. An hour ago, he called back. And he said? This. One, Lars Nielsen, was a traveling salesman whose home was still in Black River Falls. The other was, of all things, a resident of New York, according to his folks whom he interrogated. Hearing this, I have located in our city such a Mr. Nielsen, whose address I now hand to you. Oh, thank you, Gino. Don't mention it. But now, Danny, I will quit you the way I was quitted. The chief of police did inform me that Miss Polly Morgan has an aunt in Black River Falls. And proud of the fact, since Miss Morgan is so nationally famous, and that, Danny, is my agenda for the day.
6: mister, I got a tough schedule staring me in the face. Police, Mr. Nielsen. May I come in? One of my kids beat up on one of them bullies who... Li- look, mister, whatever my kids do, I stand behind them 100%. A the man was killed today, a man named Lars Nielsen. I Lars to- Nielsen? That's my name. And look how I'm living. Come on in. Just give me a minute to vacuum the cat lint off this carpet. My wife works all day, so I won't get lonely. She leaves me with the Hoover and the cat. And the kids who I feed and throw out of the house. I wanted to ask you about... Oh, pardon. The... I want to apologize something to you. The reason I sport this robe and nightshirt is I work night, sleep days. Huh? Sleep. Uh, Lars Nielsen is dead, huh? It was in the papers. Who gets a chance at him in this house? Lars Nielsen... Hey, I couldn't... Oh, no, I couldn't. Couldn't be what, Mr. Nielsen? Uh, I was a kid once back in Black River Falls in Wisconsin. There was another kid who was a kid with me. Also went by the name of Lars Nielsen. (laughs) This got confusing sometimes, especially on calling up for a date. The girl would say, which Lars Nielsen? Both our families descended from the same Swedish family tree. Made us look alike sort of coloring, you know. I
2: would describe myself pointedly. That... Lars is dead? We checked Black River Falls Police. The man who was killed came from there. Thirteen years old when I saw him last. I was fourteen. Tell me what you can remember about him.
6: Hmm. So long ago, years. Don't ask me to count how many. It'll help us. It'll help... You trying to tell me he's dead because somebody... was shot. Broke into a woman's apartment. To steal? No. Lars? I've been sitting here remembering him from a picnic... High school stuff, you know, summer picnic at the falls And a kid, a, a girl, oh, 12 years old, maybe Lars went crazy for her, you know, like a 13-year-old does At that age, he figures it impresses girls to break his neck hanging from trees To beat up on a friend
3: <laughs>
6: He chose me Lovely picnic I shouldn't laugh, huh? The
2: little girl, you remember who she was? Yeah, sure, certainly For lots of reasons First, she was
6: only 12 Second, the aunt she was visiting chaperoned on the picnic. Third, she got a big crush on me. Well, I, I was sophisticated at the age of 14. It made me attractive to 12-year-olds. I kept shoving her away on the other lie. She didn't want him. You remember her name? How could I miss it? This jockey's whispering in my ear every time I turn over. Polly Morgan. Big deal with the ballad, Personally, I can't see her. You haven't seen her since Black River Falls. Look, mister, I got a wife with hay fever. She's spreading here and there. She screams at my kids. And I'm very fond of her. Why should I go looking for exotics like Polly Morgan? She killed Larry Nielsen. You see, you answered my question.
2: Hey, come on in. Thanks, Vic. I called the 13th Club a little while ago. The manager said Miss Morgan was in her dressing room, but that you were no place around. Uh, Polly fired me this afternoon. As soon as your department let her go on her own cognizance. What are they going to do? Call it uh, justifiable homicide? We'll see. Vic, I, I wanted to talk to you before I talked to her. Sure. Why don't you sit down? Something to drink? No, thanks. Vic, what kind of woman is Polly Morgan? the greatest ballad singer in the country for my mind. Besides that, Vic, uh, there's a person. You saw her perform, you know. What about men? That's what I mean. You saw. She was right, Danny. I did try to get close to her. Can't blame me, can you? I got teeth marks in this knuckle from thinking about it. They don't come like that. They're only on book checks. Yeah, but what makes her like she is? and Why do you think she hates men? I kid myself into thinking she's afraid to let herself go. Has she always been like that? It's a funny thing. What is? She's changed. Oh? How? A a week, ten days ago it happened. What then? She started smiling to herself. what do you mean then? Well, I I was in her dressing room when it happened. She got a phone call. At first, she she seemed stunned. She almost fainted. All she did was say yes into the phone. When she hung it up, it seemed like something inside of her was glowing. Go on. Well... Well, nothing much more, Danny, except she's been sneaking away after recording dates, after performances. Yeah. Uh, Something else, Vic, uh, has she ever talked to you about her past life? No. No, but I've wondered about it. Because, uh, has it ever occurred to you the song she sings best, uh, I'm in a mood for love, once in a while these foolish things are you know, songs like that? All from one season, all Uh, I've I've noticed. I'm going to talk to her, Vic. You want to go along? Uh, Sure. Sure, I do. Quiet, Nanny. Pass me right into her dressing room. Yeah, listen. Listen to that doll sing. Knowing you think of me, oh, They like her too. Yeah. Now that she's killed a man, she can ask for ten g's a week and get it. Baby, Look, I've been asking you, Danny, but you haven't been answering. What are we here for? Why did you make it? I
5: mailed you
2: to Close the door, Miss Morgan. You too,
5: out.
2: You want everybody to hear what I have to tell you?
5: About what?
2: Lars Nielsen.
5: That's the reason you're using to stay in my dressing room? What do you want me to
2: do? Did you talk him into this bitch? Polly, well, baby. Ask me to come with him. I don't have any idea. I asked you
5: what do you want me to do?
2: Answer questions.
5: I answered questions all afternoon. You know what happened. You
2: know how I killed that man. You know, Nars Nielsen. Why didn't you tell me that? Know
5: him. Know a man like him?
2: Vic, tell me once more about that phone call.
5: What's he talking about?
2: Uh, I don't know, baby. You afraid to tell me in front of her, Vic? No, it's not that. Tell me. Well, it was nothing. Polly got a phone call last week. She felt happy about it. Like I never saw Shut it. up, Vic. Sure. Sure, baby. I just want to clear it up. So, so I told him he got a phone from... call. So what? A phone call from Lars Nielsen, wasn't it? Yeah. That's right. She did... Yeah, like she was breathing the name. Hey. Vic, shut up, shut up. Lars Nielsen from Black River Falls, Wisconsin. I don't
5: know what you're talking about.
2: Well, you spent a vacation 15 years ago.
5: Maybe I did. I've been lots of places.
2: Black River Falls was a vacation you never forgot. Remember the picnic?
5: Vic, get him out of
2: here. Look, Danny, just sit right where you are, Vic. Vic was kidding about firing. Look, baby, what do you want me to do? He's a cop. Remember the picnic, Miss Morgan? There were two boys there, both of them named Lars Nielsen. Nothing strange about that in that lake country especially, where most families come from the same stock.
5: Thank you very much for the information, you
2: threw. Not quite. You fell in love with one of those boys. Fell in love? Oh, what is this, Danny? What are you talking about? Fifteen years ago, Polly was only uh, 12 years old. That's love. It was for Polly. Because Polly built it, made a memory and exaggerated. What do you know? What do you know? Exaggerated until no other man was allowed in her life. Polly. You too, Vic. What do you know? Then Lars Nielsen called. He'd come to New York. That was the phone call you saw, Vic. You saw what it did to her. Look, Danny, you can't make anything out of a kid falling in love with another kid. You can't... Tell him, don't...
5: Vic. Tell him how wrong he
2: is. So Polly started to sneak away to meet Lars Nielsen and tried desperately to make up for 15 lost years. Vic, Vic. And then she found out it was the wrong Lars Nielsen. The wrong? The same name. The same color. All your songs, Polly. All the songs that have made you famous. All from the same time, 15 years ago. Summer memory. That's why you killed him, huh, Polly? Because he was fooling him. When you got the permit for the gun, you knew just what you were gonna do. The whole thing. A man following you, threatening you, phony.
5: He made love to me. He told me he was someone else. And I believed him. All those years waiting. Fifteen years remembering waiting and then I found out it wasn't him at all Polly
3: Polly baby take your hands off me
2: with sounds heard only in darkness, fleeting whispers, a woman's laughter floating down to your end of the bar, footsteps that fade when you turn a corner, you run toward them, reach out your hand, there's nothing, only a closing door at the end of the long corridor, it's Broadway, the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world, Broadway, my beat.
6: When FBN presents, you've been listening to some of the best in radio drama. With Biber McGee and Molly and Broadway is my beat. Join us again Monday evening at the same time, 9.05, when FBN presents Dragnet and Escape.
4: And we're back with Old Time Radio Essentials. This is Dave with Paul and Pete. That was an episode of Broadway Is My Beat, entitled The Lars Nielsen Murder Case, originally broadcast on CBS on September 29th, 1951. And as usual, the time has come for me to ask the guy what brung it to tell us what in the world made him pick it. Um, in other words, Paulie, why'd you, why did you, hey? excellent Hi, delivery is there delivery? thank you this is, this is this is where i live this is my actual voice when you talk to me off the air this is what i sound like so paulie why did you what the hell so tell us hey i i feel like i need to order a cannoli or
1: something <laughs> i don't know uh the reason i picked it is actually i I tend to just go through lists of old-time radios, programs, and go, what haven't we done yet? Uh, First of all, and then I also start listening to them going, well, okay, science fiction, we've done that recently. Detective, we always like detective. I mean, we love a good kind of noir thing, you know? And it it almost seems like that was kind of the meat and potatoes for old-time radio was the noir. And so... I start listening to some of those and see which ones that I like or which ones I don't like, because face it, we're here to tell people our opinions on what we think is good, what we think sucks. And so it helps if we also tell them the pitfalls, too. So occasionally, you know, like gangbusters, you know, <laughs> <if> we, <laughs> we we pick ones like that just to let people know eh, if, if you really like the kind of schmaltzy stuff, go for it. You know, if you want something, Harry Red Beaver. (laughs) (laughs) That's (laughs) it. Case in point, (laughs) I wasn't gonna say it, Pete. I wasn't gonna say it, but now that you brought it up, no. um, But so I'm going through stuff, and I'm like, Broadway is my beat. I swear, I've, I've heard that one before. So I started reading about it a bit, and then I'm like, it sounds like I should know this one. You know, it's like it sounds like something we should have covered already. And I started listening to it, going. This is really pretty good, you know. And then I, I'm listening to it so a few more times, and with the banter in there and everything, I'm like, oh, this is going to be right up Dave's alley. <laughs>
4: <laughs> True facts. True facts. He
1: really gets off on all the noir talk and everything, so that's kind of why I picked it, is because I, I I thought you know this is surprisingly kind of under the radar one that we haven't heard of so much. Yeah. You know, it doesn't. It's not one of those ones like. uh Gunsmoke, or... I'm just drawing a blank now. Some of the more big-name noir ones. Not so much noir, but the cop ones. You know, dragnet sure. stuff like that. Yeah, the like police procedurals, they call them. Yeah. Procedurals, yeah, yeah. thank you. But, you know, it's like, how is it we never brought this one up? And so I decided, well, let's bring this one up. And so that was why. But Absolutely. I'll, what okay. about you, Pete? Well, you know, I,
0: I've listened to a few episodes of this before, and wasn't really all that impressed with the ones that I heard. But then this one, I got to say, this one grabs you. This one is, um, it could be something that would play today. It's got uh, the the social mores. It's got uh, modern day problems, uh, um, stalkers and uh, gun control and and permits and people who are being, <laughs> who have mental problems and people who have, Uh, uh, old memories that they're trying to either get rid of or to nurture and i i was just i was really impressed overall i i thought that the uh the the characters were well formed and even the peripheral ones the other lars nielsen he's a guy (laughs) who works nights and tries to sleep during the day and because he can't sleep during the day his wife has a a honeydew list for him and he's standing there and he's maybe you just un- <laughs> don't understand why i'm in my pajamas in a
4: row it's like <laughs> uh, and vacuuming it's it just and it, vacuuming with a and, and, loud freaking vacuum yeah oh my. that that was
0: it was completely unnecessary but because it was there it was a beautiful thing to have him fleshed out um and 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 this is what i'm thinking as i'm listening and i'm thinking why are they fleshing him out so well and then it's revealed he is the other Lars Nielsen and uh, you have to know more about him you have to understand who he is now and who he was when he was 14 years old and this girl Peggy or Penny whichever it was 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 in love with him and and how the confusion comes about with the two the two guys with the same name and how one is a good guy, you know, and you know, just a family man now, and how the other is a not good guy and um, le- ends up, you know, causing his own demise in the long run. So yeah. overall, the terrific storytelling, uh, a wonderful build up to what what happens in in the long run. And, and, and then a full uh, psychological explanation of why she did what she did and what, and, and what yeah. the events were that of yeah. her life that led to this particular moment. I was, I was really, really impressed. I mean, for old-time radio, 71 years ago, for it to be relevant today in today's world, today's society, is just an amazing thing. So thanks, Paulie.
4: Yeah. Good, good job. Good pitch. I know you're
1: shocked, so
4: <laughs> <laughs> Well, and you had told us, Paul, when you when you set this up, it's like, hey, sorry about this one. This was kind of meh. And I think we all agree that it it's not. Even even you, after you listen to it a couple of times, you're going, Wow.
1: Yeah, it's like, well, after I listened to like six episodes in a row you know then <laughs> and this one was in there it did kind of blend in a bit but then when you listen to it again afterwards you know af- you know when your your ears aren't tired yeah, you know from yeah. listening to or, other and ones your
4: brain your brain isn't tired and, and yeah. you pick out the do nuances it again it's like ah, it's it's getting better <laughs> yeah I, I i completely agree i agree with everything that's been said so far this you know tldr on my assessment this is some quality noir storytelling absolutely um from a technical perspective honestly guys the sound effects were crap uh, uh you know the the footsteps and the this isn't that it was terrible and the action dialogue the rare instances of action that actually occurred in this thing it's like oh my god that's Polly screaming i know because i've heard her scream before yeah i know it's it's like, looks yeah. like how quickly really? i can like what I, I, i'm sorry how, under, what context, before. under what context had you heard Polly scream before, Vic? Uh, <laughs> please tell us more.
1: It would have been good um, as if when he said that, everyone stopped and looked at him.
4: It's like what? Why? Um, <laughs> Do you and know what her scream sounds the- like? the the long vacuum cleaner and it took me a good 5 seconds and i had 5 seconds to listen to the damn thing to figure out what the hell am i listening to before we even got into the scene it's like really was that absolutely necessary they could have done it they could have picked a better noise for that and and the notion of revealing that the dude is wearing his pajamas and slippers was deep into the scene I mean, the audience already had a visualization of what they thought this guy looked like. And then to throw in, you know, halfway through the scene, I suppose you're wondering why I'm wearing pajamas and slippers. It's like, oh, you're wearing pajamas. I didn't picture that at all. But okay, Uh, that was a bit disruptive for me in terms of, you know, the whole continuity, the whole uh, theater of the mind thing. I had to redress this character. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but your brain did it faster than you realize. Well, true. Absolutely, yes. And that's the beauty of theater of the mind, is that the mind does uh, uh, adjust and and pirouette nimbly uh, uh, from one scene to another. Um, The performances, I absolutely agree, Pete. The performances were sterling, and the characters were characters, except for Danny Clover. Okay, first of all, Danny Clover, what the hell kind of name is Danny Clover for a P.I., for a detective? (laughs) I mean, you know, geez, Louise, it's so... Well, he's a police detective,
0: so he could have any name, really. Yeah, he could, but but Herman Finkelstein. But they didn't name the show after him, so
4: it's, you know, if it was the Danny Clover show, it wouldn't (laughs) work as well. (laughs) Well, and interestingly, you know, you point out the characters. uh, The characters were characters. Everyone except for Clover. It's like he is this vanilla standard, and the whole objective of the writer's room is to make every other character in the show so completely out there that, you know, he's just sort of the contrast to them. The hotel owner was freaking creepy, man. It's one of my habits, fingering things that don't belong to me. It's like, (laughs) oh my God. What are you talking about? That's disgusting. Um, and, and Gino, the, the guy with the dialect and he's, and I suppose you were wondering why I called in this guy and I did this thing his vocabulary is off the, off the charts, but his dialect is so street. It's this lovely contrast, great characters, Polly. Oh my God. Polly was sexy as hell. Uh, you know, the way that the actress portrayed and her. her and yes, crazy is crazy as a, uh, there's a word for what crazy and is. A Bag of cats, something. Um,
1: <laughs> she's but she's as nutty as a bag of squirrel shit.
4: Okay, sure. We can
0: put <laughs> I that. I never heard there. that one before.
4: <laughs> but okay, um, but her performance was sultry and alluring, and and even at the very beginning, you got a sense that there was there was a pathology there, uh, the way that she had dealt with or presented men. I, I'm getting a I'm getting a, a, a gun because of men. And it's like, whoa, whoa, there are deep seated issues here that are laid out right up front and just really superb performances. Um, you're and right. Again, Collie. if I could interrupt, it
0: yeah. brings to the fore the Me Too movement. Oh, very much. So. And, and again, that's how this parallels modern day society how many women do we know uh how many stories have we read about a woman who was seeking additional protection
4: because of men sure. because of sure predatory males so the, um, the antithesis of that is, of course the woman ended up being crazy so that doesn't necessarily support the me too movement specifically but the issue mode. itself absolutely absolutely i couldn't agree more uh, and that's i like you say that's one of the things that really popped out you know the gun uh the issue of getting the gun and the issue of stalkers and the issues of feeling unsafe uh, uh around men definitely uh paulie your your observation about the pros you're right i ate that up with a spoon the 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 gumshoe monologues in between it was poetry and it was purple prose it was so purple it went it pushed the envelope to ultraviolet uh and just really it 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 was beautiful it was exquisite i loved it you know watching polly singing her body leaning against the wall of remembered pain oh dude that's beautiful uh you know uh uh i the what was it uh Somebody was talking about like there was a there was a physicist in the audience. Uh, Danny was asking, "Do you know any of these guys?" And Vic saying, "Yeah, that guy over there, he's a he's a nuclear physicist." And every time I see him, I ask him, "What's new in nuclear physics?" And there's always something new. There's always something new. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, where does that come from? Beautiful, just beautiful. And yeah. Polly's pathology was utterly intriguing, utterly, and, and much more disturbing and complex than your usual, you know, old time radio fare. When you it find was, out at
0: the end that she was actually yeah. setting this guy up to be mm-hmm. killed. That's pretty right.
4: crazy. Right. And, and, and not even initially doing that. She, uh, Oh God. She thought it was, it was just, the nice guy. She
0: thought it was a nice right. guy. And then when yeah, she found right.
4: out it wasn't, that's when she yeah. went looking and for she the could, gun. She could, she could deal with that she couldn't uh, process that and again oh geez yeah there was so many shades of gray in this
0: was such a nice touch that she sang songs that were limited to that summer year when she had a crush on the boy that was
4: a really nice touch i thought that was really interesting those nuances that supported the, the the core conflict within this and and the shades of gray. Uh, I mean, that's classic noir, where things are not black and white. That that you know, Polly fell in love. Is that a crime? Of course not. But she took it too far. She took it to the extremes and became unbalanced. And ah, it was it was delicious. This was this was really quality storytelling I enjoy the crap out of it so so it's like right. a it's like a fine it's like a fine dish of,
0: of of gourmet food but there are a couple of pits in it here and there
4: so. <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah there's a there's a couple sour bits that you need there was to a seed that got side.
0: stuck between my teeth but
4: other than that it was very or it's nice. it's a good shoe it's a great shoe it just <laughs> had a pebble in it that we need to take out yes haven't <laughs> broken it in all the way That's right. See, going back to that opening metaphor, got to make it all circular, bring it all around. (laughs) All right, gents, let's vote. Uh, So, folks, dear listeners, what are we voting on? Oh, God, here we go. As a reminder, we are voting on, one, whether this particular episode is a true representative installment of the overall series, and, B, (laughs) God. Whether or not it is a standalone show that belongs in every radio aficionado's collection, and again, Paul, since this is your selection, you go first. What's your vote?
1: Thank you, Dave. Uh, I liked it. Like I said, it's uh, the overall series was. I I thought it was a little bit um, repetitive, you know, doing the the procedural. When you listen to a whole bunch of these at once, it does seem a little bit more cookie-cutter, but if you just do, like, a nice assortment of OTR and sprinkle <laughs> one of these in every once in a while, they're very good. And uh, what a lot of people don't know about this show is when it started, like, for the first year or so, they were trying to make it... I, I think he said it was more of a sitcom, almost, you know? Wow. And it wasn't. it wasn't the... Detective show that it is as it blossomed into it started off as a little bit lighter fare in the in like the first season and they go, oh, that's not really working. Let's try this and that. And so that's when they changed it up to what we heard tonight. And but I liked it. It's uh, I think it is one of the higher points in the series. So as an example of the series, it's towards the high end of the bump there. But it's a very good standalone episode, and so I give it two thumbs up.
4: So you're saying it is a representative uh, installment of the overall series, or it is?
1: It is. If you got an average, you have your average band. It's towards the high end of the average. So it's not representative of the overall series. It's exceptional. Average. Of the average of the show, at okay. the higher end of the so, average, so it's yes not like yes. it suddenly spiked up or anything like that. I just think that it's it's a good representation. There are some not as good representations also. <laughs> so I mean, okay. you do have have a little leeway
4: in there. So so yes and yes, yes, very good. All right, Pete, what do you got? So what Paulie's saying is that if you're great on a cove, <laughs> yeah. this. Curve.
0: This is at the upper end of that coif. but right. uh, very good. Yeah, so I I agree it's it is uh, it's it belongs in every radio aficionado's collection because if you found this gem, you're going to find other gems in the same series, I'm sure. But when I came into this, I was taking Paul's word for it that this was going to be a meh episode because I've listened to other uh, episodes of the series and found them to be average. This one grabbed me and and it's like I'm so glad it did because I'm going to listen to more. I'm going to try and find those other those other gems, those uh, um, bits of shiny glass in in, in 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 the seaweed that washes up on the shore of old time radio. <laughs> How's
4: that for a oh, me? metaphor? Beautiful. That's I just, I'm a, I just I'm made that up off the top my of my head pretty good, right? That was
0: beautiful. That was the
1: beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> the freshly polished, nicely worn in Italian loafers that make up OTR. <laughs>
0: That's it. That's it.
1: <laughs>
0: so, so so, I would say it is not well, representative of this series because of it being exceptional, and the exception to the rule. And, but it is a, um, a standalone show. That belongs in every radio aficionado's collection. So that's how I stand on that, on that ting.
4: Very good, very good. Um, I honestly, this is the only episode of of Broadway is my beat uh, that I've listened to. So I have no uh, frame of reference as far as is it representative. Based on what you two gents have have shared, I'm I'm going to say it probably isn't. Uh, uh, and and honestly, I would be I would be shocked if they could maintain. This level of sophisticated, compelling storytelling from episode to episode. That just doesn't seem indicative of this era of storytelling. Uh, it was usually much more lured, much more broad stroked, and what's the word I'm looking for? Um, yeah, big, bold uh, strokes rather than these more subtle uh, shades of gray. So uh, I'm I'm going to vote along the lines of no, it's not representative. But uh, oh my God, yes, put this in your collection. Uh, this is this is beautiful. I want to go back and listen to the monologues again and transcribe them because holy <laughs> crap, there is some poetry in there. That was just absolutely beautiful. So tallying up, we all agree, put this in your collection, gang. Uh, uh, and uh, two to one, it is or it isn't a representative. You decide, by all means, go out and listen to a few more episodes. Prove us right, prove us wrong, prove it to yourself. Let us know if you find out something different. Absolutely, please, by all means.
1: If you find any other particular gems in the series of Broadway is My Beat, let us know which episodes you think really stand out. And we can compare and say, hey, so-and-so from Portland is right, or they're full of (laughs) dookies. We can give it a try. We would never say that somebody is full of that.
0: (laughs) We love our listeners. We would never insult them.
1: On the air. Each other, maybe, but... (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, folks, this brings us to the end of episode 34, or if you live in a parallel universe, episode 9 of season 3. With Pete Lutz, Dave Robeson, and me, Paul Rbc. We're happy you joined us and hope you'll join us next time because it'll be Pete's turn again. What's your selection, Pete? Honestly, guys, I don't know what my selection
0: will be because that's going to be the choice of our guest programmer and essential listener, Mr. Noah diamond. Very cool. Noah is an actor, author, and Groucho Marx impersonator out of New York who (laughs) a few years back staged a recreation of the show that made the Marx brothers true Broadway stars I'll say she is. (laughs) Mr. Diamond has also recently joined the cast of my audio series, Adventures of the Federated Tech, by the way. For his guest slot, I've asked him to choose something Marx-related, and he hasn't done that yet, but I'll nudge him in the meantime.
4: (laughs) That sounds marvelous. That Oh, I'm chuffed. That sounds like (laughs) it could be a lot of fun, man. Good choice. Good choice. Uh, And now, before we wind up, uh, I just want to ask if anybody has anything new to report. Paul? What do you got? Anything? Oh, I have a, what would you call it? An occult western
1: that Pete and I are in. That I have to uh, finish up a little work on that. Uh, I've got the new episode of uh, Darker Projects, Quantum Leap. I play Sam Beckett in that. And we are finishing up the editing on, uh, I think, the newest episode of Doctor Who. For uh, Dream Realm Enterprises, where I play the Doctor.
4: Look at you and working so. all the licensed properties. That's badass. Yeah, <laughs> that's very cool.
1: Oh, don't forget the Topaz Flowers. Well, actually, by the time this airs, it'll have happened a few weeks ago. But yes, uh, uh, the Topaz Flower uh, is an interest. It's an it's a kind of like Project Audion that Pete and I get involved in, and it's a interesting. Detective show, and we'll see where that pays out in the future. Cool. Is it a series or is it a one time episode? We're not sure yet. Okay. (laughs) Could become (laughs) something something more. One time episode goes and see if it leads anywhere.
0: But I understand it's video and audio, right? Like Project Audion?
1: Yes. Yes. So when uh, you get your ticket for it, you can either watch it on uh, Facebook Live. There's a link to YouTube. Okay, great. Awesome. What about you, Pete?
0: Well, why don't you tell us what you got going on, Dave?
4: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, not too much, actually. I'm I'm currently uh, uh, hip deep in a massive transition. I'm going to be moving to Portland, Oregon, in a couple of weeks. Uh, uh, as of this recording, by the time this goes up, who knows? I might already be there. <laughs> um, so that is, of course, consuming a, a great deal of, of time and effort. Um, but uh, I'm also doing. Uh, I've got some, I've got some incredible contract work with a real estate company. Uh, I'm narrating uh, uh, videos for various neighborhoods and schools uh, uh, for regions across the country, uh, which has been a lot of fun. But I'm cranking out like 20 or 30 of these little two three minute uh, narrations a day. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a gr- not a grind. It's it's certainly been a, a lot of work. Uh, but it's been a lot of fun, and uh, apparently I'm doing very well. So I'm I'm pl- always pleased to hear that the buttery so man is being, voice is being well received. But, uh, exactly. Uh, exactly.
1: To move into a neighborhood that was just shown to us by the buttery man voice.
4: Buttery man. Although I will say we this, bought our house thanks to the buttery man voice. <laughs> I want a commission off of every sale that's made. This. <laughs> that sounds- although I, I will say I've been produ- so I'm producing my voice all day long. I'm recording and then producing my voice puts me to sleep. (laughs) You know, if anybody is having problems sleeping, I'll just send you a bunch of these, these narrations and you will be off to La La Land and into the land of Morpheus, uh, before you know what you're saying. So there, there we go. Outstanding.
0: (laughs) Outstanding. Well, as for me, I've got, um, a lot of irons in the fire as usual. Uh, we just, we just released the newest project Audion. um, Uh, As we're recording, it was last night. It was September 9th. Well, it was a brand new um, episode of the Fred Allen Show. John Vell played Fred Allen. And we had Julie Hoverson as uh, Mrs. Nussbaum and Portland Hopper. I played three different characters. Ajax Cassidy, who's an Irishman. Titus Moody, who is a New Englander. And uh, there was a Mexican bandito very much like the guy in uh, Treasure of the Sierra Madre. (laughs) <laughs> and wow. So it was fun to stretch my chops there. And, um, <laughs> uh, what else we got? I'm working currently on a new, the, this, the new mini series of the seller that'll launch in October. There are five Sundays in October, and I'm going to be putting out five brand new episodes of the seller during that month. So, um, you know, wow. if, if all goes well, I will. So, um, uh, that's all, all in the works there. um, the new season, season two of the Adventures of the Federated Tech, just launched, um, episode one. And Paul's in that one. Sweet. He's, he's in uh, nearly every episode he's everywhere. One. So <laughs> Paul is everywhere. I'm we everywhere. Got, I'm everywhere. So that's it's one of ten. Goodness. So we've we'll, we got ten episodes of the of the new season that will be coming out. Uh, so lots of stuff. And I'm writing new scripts for a new series that's going to be very much like the Lux Radio Theater called uh, The Mutual Stage. And um, unlike Lux Theater, we don't have to restrict it to an hour-long program. We could do like the full movie if we wanted, um, and nice. we probably will. If if I have anything to say about it, we will do the full movie. Uh, so we're, we're sticking being with being
4: the writer. That's probably going to happen then. And
0: huh? we're sticking with uh, public domain films that are in the public domain, uh, and there are so many of them coming out uh, being released to the public domain every year. So there's no end to um what we could do so that's what's going on with me lots of fun stuff and um hopefully i'll get everything done
4: before i die (laughs) (laughs) or the turn of the seasons whichever comes first i I want to
1: see what he gets done after he dies i mean the the guy can't you know sit still for very long so i'm gonna think that death might just slow him down a
4: little bit (laughs) he's gonna he's gonna find radio theater on the afterlife he's gonna take (laughs) over
0: What a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so. (laughs) And now, Dave, Paul, tell the masses what they need to know.
4: Old Time Radio Essentials is a production of 63 Audio, a proud member of the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe on any podcatcher you may use by searching under Mutual Audio Network or Narada Radio Company.
1: Please follow us on the Twitter at Essentials Old and join our Facebook group, Narada Radio Company Productions, to get updates on upcoming episodes of this show plus future audio dramas. If you want to suggest an episode, write us at f6.3 at gmail.com. That's the letter F, the number six, the word point, and the number... at gmail.com put the word essentials in the subject line
4: now remember folks we're always happy to hear from our listeners so please do send us feedback and suggestions uh if you didn't catch their email when paul spelled it out just rewind and listen again or just look for it in the show notes
0: now if you'd like to be a guest programmer on old-time radio essentials it's so easy just send us the sun-dried skins of 17 Concord grapes and accompany that with a handwritten missive informing us of which episode from which series you'd like to discuss with us. Or just send us an email. There you uh, go. Okay. okay. I think we've wasted enough of these fine people's time, so let's wrap things up, okay? Thanks, Paulie. Thanks, Dave. Please join us again next time for another fun installment of Old Time Radio Essentials. Bye-bye for now. Adios. Everybody have a chat. Wait a minute. Now, if you'd like to be a guest programmer on Old Time Radio Essentials, it's so easy. Just oh. send us <laughs> Shush. Just send us. <laughs> Uh uh-oh he's lost i I broke pete (laughs) i nearly swallowed my cough drop whole. so that's because you were making me laugh so hard Uh, 63
1: audio
2: this is mutual